Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, really glad you're with us for the Thursday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. Jim Garrity is off on assignment. Uh, well, he's working with the National Review Institute down in Texas the next couple of days. And as we mentioned at the end of Wednesday's podcast, John Gabriel, editor-in-chief at Ricochet.com, which I'm proud to say uh, has the Three Martini Lunch in its lineup. He is also, in addition to being uh, the editor-in-chief there, he is the undisputed King of Stuff. No one has ever disputed that. And he is also the host of the King of Stuff podcast. So, John, great to have you with us. We look forward to a good couple of days here. Great to be on. Um, Just a few programming notes. Um, I'm recording this from Authenticity Canyon. (laughs) And uh, instead of talking about the Jets, I would like to talk about the Green Bay Packers. That is all. Well, as a Bears fan, that that hurts, especially after uh, this last weekend. But you're also, uh, to some extent, uh, since you live in in Phoenix, you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, at least at least marginally, and they're six and zero. And so, obviously, Jim and I have no idea what that feels like. So, what's it like right. to have a good team in your neighborhood? I know it's kind of bewildering. Um, as long as they don't face out uh, face up against the Packers in the playoffs, um, I can continue rooting for them in good conscience. Wow. Well, you must have had quite the conundrum a few years ago when they played each other in the playoffs and they had that crazy double Hail Mary uh, Packers effort to get into overtime. And then then the Cardinals won in overtime. You must have been. uh... I I went to that game and I was wearing my Rogers jersey, I might add. But it was just that's just that was wonderful football. So I couldn't really complain. Wow, that's quite a memory. All right, well, let's get into our good martini. Uh, We also have bad and crazy, of course. And our good martini today is really, eh, could be worse. (laughs) So just yesterday, one of our bad martinis was... Yeah, they're they're scaling back the uh, the huge spending bill, but they're actually going to pass something. It looks like, and that still seems to be the case. But uh, your senator Kirsten Cinema, who you've written about, is uh, still making progressive pull their hair out, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal. Senate Democrats are considering abandoning central tax elements of their social policy and climate package as a key senator continues to oppose any increase in marginal rates for businesses high-income individuals, or capital gains, according to people familiar with the matter. Now, if she gets her way on that, that uh, eliminates about uh, $840 billion in revenue. So I'm not sure uh, where they get the rest of it. Uh, Town Hall is reporting, John, that they are coming up with other horrible ideas to make up for that, including uh, uh, taxing unrealized gains. So, you know, stuff you make in the in the market or your housing value goes up, but you haven't sold it or you haven't sold your stock. Yeah, they're going to want to tax you on that. And of course, they want increased IRS enforcement with that uh, horrendous provision that could have them snooping through your bank account. So lots of bad stuff still happening here. But the Democrats keep having to make concessions, first to Manchin and now Kirsten Cinema. So what uh, will still be a bad bill, a really bad bill, is not as horrible as it could have been because, you know, she's she's protecting taxpayers at least a little bit here. Yeah, it's good to see her uh, pushing back. And one thing that she did early on, at least according to her, and I trust her more than the White House, is she gave her list of demands, if you can call it that, uh, months ago, gave it to the White House. And uh, I guess they just thought they could uh, chase her with cameras into restrooms to uh, bully her into sporting whatever silliness they came up with. 
Um, but it's good to see her fighting on these things. I wrote recently um, in National Review about her and this maverick tendency. Uh, we saw it from McCain before McCain. We saw it from Goldwater. Now we f- see it from cinema. Um, voters t- here locally tend to reward this independent spirit. And even though people would complain constantly about McCain, boy, I uh, did I ever complain about him? Um, but in general, uh, Arizona voters like this independent streak. Um, about a third of the voters here are registered independent, and they tend to reward people who push back not only against you know the Manhattan elites and the Beltway crowd, but also their own party. Uh, <laughs> we have this strange defiant streak where uh, we just want to be the contrarian in the room, and uh, most locals find it very, very amusing to see a cinema vex everyone in her party, just like McCain vexed everybody in our party. So um, it'll be interesting to see if she can improve this. But yeah, my preferred bill would cost zero dollars and would spend nothing. And I don't mean a Biden zero <laughs> where three point five trillion equals zero. Um, guys, we got to spend less money, not more money, especially with an overheating economy with inflation. Yeah, inflation, uh, supply chain issues, uh, all sorts of reasons why this is a terrible time to do this, not to mention the entitlement programs that they uh, are going to carve out here. They're going to be virtually impossible to kill. But uh, what do you make of the fact that the media love John McCain's maverick streak when it frustrated Republicans? But when cinema thumbs her nose at the Democrats, man, she's a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, I, I never wanted to come to this conclusion, but I'm beginning to think the mainstream media is slightly biased. So <laughs> I need to do a little more research. But yeah, it is just the way that they flipped. Uh, they loved it when McCain gave his thumbs down. And once cinema gave her thumbs down, it was a basically, I don't know, internalized uh, white rage. I don't know what they're blaming it on this week, but um, it's always something very, very sinister when the Democrats don't get their way. Uh, exit question on this one. You have another senator. His name is Mark Kelly. Uh, he's actually got a, he's finishing out McCain's uh, term that McCain won in 2016 right now. And he's got to run again in 2022, even though he just won an election last fall. Uh, he has been very quiet about these massive spending bills. And uh, I'm curious as to what you think he's going to be facing and what he's thinking as he decides whether or not he's going to get behind this thing. I assume if Manchin and uh, Cinema are on board, he probably will be. But uh, where's he in all this? Mark who? Um, yeah, we locals have not heard his name mentioned or he heard him say anything. Um, I think he is hiding behind Kirsten. Um, I think that he would rather not vote for it, but it's all politics. He would support it. Um, he worked for, he's of course, uh, Gabby Gifford's husband. And so worked for her organization, which, um, you know, all condolences to him and her. They are brave, strong people being able to withstand that attack that she had several years back. But um, they are really far to the left and they've allied themselves with some pretty hardcore progressive groups. And so the less he says, um, according to him, at least, and his advisors, the better it is for his reelection chances. Um, he is just basically saying, look, I'm an astronaut, therefore vote for me, and doesn't want to take any position on any issue for any reason. And so I think he's just hiding behind cinema and will do whatever she orders him to do. It's kind of uh, sad to see how he's not even a name in the game, but he just wants to keep a low profile. Yeah, yeah. And there have been other names in the Senate thrown out there that 
are not happy with the original plan. We'll see if uh, they get on board. I'm sure they will ultimately, but uh, it's uh, it's good to see that uh, our, our tax dollars might be protected in some ways. Other ways, of course, they'll, they'll still go after them. But look, money is uh, important to hang on to right now. And it's just crazy how fast the prices of just about everything are rising. Gas, I just spent $40 filling up last night. Uh, groceries are way up, clothes, whatever. And all the experts are saying it's going to get worse before it gets better. But, you know, these are high-class problems, of course. Uh, I've been looking at uh, all the ways I could personally cut costs, ways to save where I can. And uh, one good place you can start is with auto insurance. And if you want to do that, you got to start with Gabby. Look, shopping for auto insurance stinks. I get it, and so does Gabby. That's why they do all the work for you. Things that would take days or weeks and would really annoy you, Gabby does in minutes. Gabby uses your current policy to compare your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. They're the one true comparison platform with fast, verifiable quotes and not ballpark guesses. Uh, in addition, Gabby is free to use and they never sell your info to annoying spam or robocalls. I've gone through the Gabby process. It's very easy. They send you through several prompts, but it's all information you know off the top of your head. In the end, you link to your current insurance plan and then you see what uh, other providers will charge you for the same coverage. It's very simple and then the decision's yours. And uh, we looked at it and uh, we were happy with our current coverage. So it's good to have that peace of mind. But it's not just me who loves Gabby. Gabby has been featured in TechCrunch, Forbes, and USA Today. Start saving on your auto insurance today. Go to Gabby.com slash martini to start saving. It's totally free. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash martini. Gabby.com slash martini. All right, John. Well, there's many things the Democrats absolutely love and many terrible ideas they keep rolling out there, even though when they're actually implemented, they clearly don't work. And one of those is high-speed rail. Ask anyone in California how well high-speed rail works, but this is their this is their vision to um, speed up and improve our transportation. But the real goal is something else. Yesterday, President Joe Biden, in his uh, hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania, talking about uh, his vision for high-speed rail and how that's going to save us a lot of money on energy costs. Do you realize the Chinese are now building another high-speed rail line that will go up to 300 miles per hour? You say, what difference does that make, Biden? Well, guess what? If you can get in a train and go from here to Washington much faster than you can go in an automobile, you take a train. You take the train. We will take literally millions of automobiles off the road. Off the road. Saving tens of millions of barrels of oil dealing with cleaning up the air. This is not hyperbole. This is a fact. These are facts. I think the key there, John, is in the second half of that, where he says we're going to get uh, literally millions of automobiles off the road. Pete Buttigieg has this love affair with trains. They love you know, transportation that, that they get to organize when it comes to your personal freedom. That's got to go, and they'll chalk it up to your energy consumption. This is not hyperbole. This is fact. Greg, um, as Biden says, after about every third paragraph. <laughs> um, yeah, what's amazing to me about the left, it really is, it comes down to ideology with them. They want um, everybody in the collective to get their transportation the same way. And with them in charge, them running the choo-choo train, as it were, as a conductor, and us meekly following their schedules and their rules, um, 
as far as high speed rail goes, um, they can't even get low speed rail rail going. Uh, the wash the DC Metro um, is just a national joke. You know, every time I've been there, it's been a little uh, a little bit hinky to say the least. But uh, that thing's shut down all the time. They can't keep that rolling within the nation's capital. Uh, just a commuter rail thing, and they want to do this high speed rail. Um, America is not uh, set up like Western Europe. We are not a very tight bound collection of large cities. Um, we're spread out all over, especially way out here in the Mountain West where I live. It's just not a great solution, but they really do want to collectivize transportation. So somebody in, needs to be in charge controlling these things, whereas the entire conservative project is, no, individuals are going to make better decisions, figuring out where we want to go, when we want to go there. And we don't need the government holding our hand and telling us what to do and, uh, you know, don't put gum under your seats. It's like, hey, it's my car and darn it, I'm going to put gum under my seats <laughs> if I want. I'm going to blast my music if I want. I'm going to do uh, the things I want to do. And it's not like conservatives want to waste fuel for the sake of wasting fuel. But I, I'm sorry, if uh, the government is running trains, I bet you anything we'll end up using more fuel. Um, it'll probably end up spilled on tracks all over the place. Where we're going to get this fuel for the train, we're not sure, since we keep closing our pipelines. Um, so, yeah, this um, project is really, I think, just dead on arrival. It's been a dream since I was a, a wee little boy. I've heard about high-speed rail and how it will revolutionize things. Um, it will be a boondoggle. Uh, we've seen that with our neighbor, California. Um, they don't really know what they're doing. Uh, any kind of environmental group uh, would oppose any kind of rail through any part of the country, um, even the desert out where I live. They're going to complain about environmental impact and we can't do it. We need to do environmental studies. Um, I, I'm, I'm frankly glad that Biden has revealed uh, the real conceptual concept behind this is just we want to control where people travel and when they go there. Um, and we just don't want them having the independence of cars. So it won't succeed. Um, gosh, I hope they don't pass any bills for this because then they'll just waste money on something that'll never be completed, most likely. No, that's exactly right. California spent billions and they've got nothing to show for it. I remember the big dig in Boston. You mentioned the DC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the DC Metro. They just had a derailment last week and over half the cars are out of circulation right now. So. Uh, it's 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 a real mess, but yeah, this freedom of movement and you know they're they're slipping language of, of testing the idea of a mileage tax uh, in, into at least one of these uh, bloated bills. And so you know if you live in rural areas, if you're like me and you live in the suburbs, you know so you could actually afford a house and then have to drive to work, uh, you know that's going to add up. And of course they're not going to reduce the gas tax at all. So uh, you know it's just on and on and on trying to force you into their vision of what society ought to look like. And uh, we got to push back. One of the candidates in Virginia is uh, running for lieutenant governor. The Republican Winsome Sears on her, on her sign says no mileage tax. And that dovetails very well with fighting back against this. It's uh, drip, drip, drip uh, of how the libs want to take away Absolutely. Freedom. Yeah, so frustrating. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, something that's not frustrating. It will, uh, it will soothe you as you drift off to sleep and not worry about the Biden agenda for at least eight hours. And that is my pillow. 
We've talked many times about the, the pillows and the towels and the slippers, but there's also the Giza Dream Sheets. And right now, Three Martini Lunch listeners can buy one set and get another one free for a limited time when you use our promo code martini at mypillow.com. I mean, these are the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I talk about them all the time. They're soft. Uh, they're comfortable. They're durable wash after wash. They're just like the first time you put them on the bed. Not to mention, it comes in a variety of colors and sizes. It's machine washable, 60-day money-back guarantee, and a one-year limited warranty. So for a limited time, buy one and get one free on all Giza Dream Sheets. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener's square, and use the promo code MARTINI at checkout. Or call 800-874-0104 and find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Don't miss this sale of the year. That's MyPillow.com, promo code MARTINI, or call 800-874-0104. Sleep better with MyPillow.com. All right, John, heading on to the crazy martini now, and I mentioned uh, our lieutenant Governor nominee on the Republicans pushing against the idea of a mileage tax. Her name is Winsome Sears. She's on the ticket with the Republican Glenn Youngkin, which the most recent polls show him dead even with uh, Terry McAuliffe. And Democrats don't like being dead even with Republicans in Virginia anymore. They haven't uh, lost any statewide races since 2009, and they've gotten kind of used to winning, and they don't want that to uh, end now. We've talked about a couple of their questionable uh, tactics heading into the final uh, weeks of this early voting recently, one of which was uh, Fairfax County, uh, I believe the most populous county in the state, and and deep, deep blue. It's just outside Washington, D.C. Not that long ago, they decided to petition Governor Ralph Northam that uh, absentee ballot users would not need a witness signature so, you know, they could avoid possibly contracting COVID. I don't know that Northam has uh, has, has approved that, but, uh, you know, try, try again, as they say. Then, of course, uh, over the weekend, they started airing the video of Kamala Harris telling people in hundreds of black churches to literally go out and vote for Terry McAuliffe. And now Fairfax County is at it again. They have decided, well after early voting started, mind you, which started on September 17th, that uh, they want to make it even easier to get that absentee ballot because according to Virginia election law, voters must include the last four digits of their social security numbers when filling out an absentee ballot application. Uh, You don't have to do that when you fill out the application in person at an election office, but you do have to do it if you apply by mail. And now Fairfax wants to waive that. So I can't imagine a deep blue county in a race that's dead even uh, what would possibly motivate uh, the Democrats to want to uh, have less verification that the person allegedly voting is that person? Uh, Not to do this is Jim Crow. I mean, Jim Eagle. Um, It's just crazy to see these rule changes. They're happening constantly in blue areas. And this kind of explains to us outsiders from the state of Virginia, I'm sorry, the Commonwealth. Commonwealth, um, We're we're kind of um, always frustrated year after year when there's an election and Republicans seems close to winning and boy, this could really go either way. And then Fairfax comes (laughs) and the (laughs) counties around DC and we're like, oh, the Democrats are going to only win by nine points instead of 13 or something. So um, it's really frustrating to see these election changes. Of course, we saw a lot of this uh, last year and last year's elections, local elections, the national election, of course, with uh, Trump's loss. And that led to a sour taste in people's mouths. And boy, this whole thing is rigged, isn't it? And sometimes you'll get crazy outlandish conspiracy theories and audits and things like that. Um, You know, I don't know, motorboats from Venezuela and North Korea dropping off uh, 
filled out ballots for Biden. Um, but a lot of this is just a general frustration with what you see happening with these last minute rule changes, uh, talking to judges at midnight. Hey, can you extend this? Can you change this rule? Um, there is no reason people can't put in the last four of their Social Security numbers to vote in an election. There's no reason at all. And they can't pass this off as, oh, people are frightened of COVID, kind of like with the signatures. It's not a situation where this will expose you to um, an aerial, an airborne virus. And it's just uh, crazy to see these changes. And uh, the media usually just tends to shrug their shoulders and say, why do you want to prevent people from voting? No, we want a vote to count. We want every vote to count and we want them to count one time. <laughs> That's it. Uh, we have a rule of law and breaking down the faith in elections. We've seen it from obviously Republicans in 2020. In 2016, it was Hillary Clinton. Uh, we had Stacey Abrams. They were also complaining about the results. We need a system where everybody trusts the rules. When you go into an election, everybody follows the same rule. And I don't care where you are in Virginia, uh, you can trust that your vote was counted and uh, your opponent's vote was counted one single time. It's not too much to ask. As far as Kamala going to uh, do the video messages for predominantly black churches, it's just crazy. And of course, if uh, it was a situation where Donald Trump was uh, dropping a Zoom link to um, evangelical churches and megachurches around the country, uh, the press would cry foul. Um, just this mixing of religion and politics um, on Sunday mornings, you are there for uh, something far more important than politics, and uh, you don't need to see our politicians' big grinning mugs out there ordering us to vote one way or the other. Uh, we can make those decisions ourselves, and I kind of want to hear about the big guy uh, on Sunday morning and not uh, Kamala Harris lecturing me about politics. Yes, we're there to worship God. We're not there to do the bidding of either party. But uh, yeah, this is uh, obviously <laughs> goes against the... Uh, Tax exempt uh, status, exactly. Of but of course, there'll be there'll be no scrutiny of that. You know, you see this all the time. You mentioned something in passing there, John, where you know the big areas, the highly populated areas, are always the last ones to come in with their votes, and then uh, what you thought might be the result uh, ends up not being the result. I would love to see some of these other counties just say, you know what, we're just gonna we're just gonna sit on our powder here, and when they get done, then you'll find out how our vote went. But uh, something tells me that's not gonna happen. Right. Right. Yeah, we actually want to get our job done, show up to work on time and keep counting till the job is done. Um, these other people, we just can't trust them. And, and that's why they just need to be above board from the start. Uh, we want elections where everybody on both sides can trust the outcome. Sometimes it goes your way. Sometimes it doesn't. But we need to all agree that, OK, everybody followed the same rule. It's all above board. Uh, when you see doubt like this, um, you're going to have kind of an arms race and you're going to have a more conservative county saying, well, we're going to change the law the same way. And then liberals won't trust that. So, guys, let's just uh, hold to the rules we all agreed to before we began this process, please. You you drive such a radical bargain, John. I don't know why uh, you want such draconian solutions to this. But obviously, yes, that's that's the way. Jim Eagle. <laughs> anyway, wow, what a day. And we'll do it again tomorrow. John, thanks so much for filling in. Great to be on, Greg. Thank you. John Gabriel, editor-in-chief at Ricochet. He's the host of the King of Stuff podcast. And uh, Jim Garrity, again, 
off until Monday. So John will be with us again on Friday. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, please subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast if you don't already. Tell your friends about us as well. We're very grateful for your kind reviews and your uh, five-star ratings. Uh, Also, remember you can get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Follow all of us on Twitter. John is at xjohn, E-X-J-O-N. You know about at Jim Garrity, and I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Thursday. Please join us on Friday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Hi, it's Dana Lash, host of The Dana Show. Every day, I'm here to keep you up to speed on the most important stories and info that you need to know in your very busy life. And if you're always on the go and you want to stay connected, just download our daily podcast and take it with you. It's a great way to get up to speed on what you need to know and what legacy media may not be telling you. Visit DanaRadio.com and click on the podcast link or subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.